Welcome to Numbers, News, and Nonsense, a sports podcast. Welcome to the first official NBA episode of Numbers, News, and Nonsense. We're your hosts, Brian. And Ryan. And for those of you returning, welcome back. Let's get right into this National Basketball Association nonsense. Let's take some look at the nonsense happening right now in Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving is back in town, but not back in Brooklyn. But he is back in every other town where there is a basketball team. What do you think about that? Uh, I think... It's good that he's back because the Nets needed him, but this COVID thing is going to kill the Nets because right now he played a game and then he missed two games and then he played two straight games and then missed another game. So the chemistry with the team isn't going to be there when he's not there. Right. I mean, you have a couple positives, a couple negatives. First off, the positive is this is like – Kevin Durant kind of move where you have Kyrie playing the away games and then Kevin Durant playing the home games. So that means Kevin Durant being Kevin Durant will most likely be sitting much of the away game, same as James Harden, because they don't they don't care about playing every game. They they're that's just the players they are. So the negative though is that I mean you're never going to have complete chemistry. You have another weapon. That's good. But I'm thinking they brought him back for only the away games to try to get his trade value up. I don't know if that's exactly the case, um, but something was pointed out on Twitter that with New York's new COVID policies, Brooklyn could end up paying 5000 a game to have Kyrie play in Brooklyn. Uh, somehow, if he plays, it's a violation. But with that violation, the Nets can pay the city of New York $5,000 every single game, which when you think about it, that's not that much money to an NBA team. And all they got to do is just pay the away games. Or they could take it out of Kyrie's check. Either way, it might be possible. Right. I mean, 5000 games. is... Like five cents to us, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's turning to be kind of a joke. I mean, I'm I don't want him to play in Brooklyn. I like Kyrie. I don't like him in Brooklyn. There were some rumors, none of them that were true, of him and Westbrook trading so that you can get the crazy three back together from the Thunder of KD Harden and Westbrook, and then reunite LeBron and Kyrie. Yeah, I I would love that, but they're not it's, taking it's Westbrook. Not happen. They're not taking Westbrook. It's, they're two different players. Uh, yes, they if they switch, they would be back with their duos, um, but uh, I don't see it happening. I wish it would happen. I don't think it's going to, but – Let's talk about Kyrie's play in his first – he's played three games. Um, first game, dropped 22 points. Uh, second game, also dropped 22 points. And then his third game, he dropped nine points. So the old Kyrie is back with scoring-wise at least, right? I mean, it's it's what we expected. It's Kyrie. He's the most skilled player to ever play the game. He's higher than Iverson, in my opinion. So, obviously his scoring was still going to be there. It's going to always be there because even if he can't get his shots down, he just goes down low with his crazy layups and hits everything. And, I mean, if there's one thing that makes complete sense, and I'm just surprised it hasn't happened, is Kyrie being traded to Philly for Ben Simmons. I'm not saying straight up. I don't know what you would want to add to anything else, but you look at the weaknesses for both teams. The Sixers have no shooting. They just don't. I mean, it makes sense. Give them Kyrie, who can shoot the ball, 
and can dribble the ball insane. And then you look at the Nets. They have Kevin Durant, offensive player, James Harden, offensive player. They don't have that perimeter defense they need in the playoffs for the finals if you're going to ever be facing, like, Golden State or something in the finals. So, I mean, it it makes complete sense to swap Kyrie and Ben Simmons. Yeah, and I don't know if that trade will get done, but uh, I like that you brought in Ben Simmons because that's our next topic. And I don't think uh, they'll trade Kyrie to the 76ers um, because the 76ers and the Nets are so close right now in the standings. I think they're only like three games back from each other. And I don't really see – they would just trade – I don't know if that's an equal trade, but they would kind of equal each other out and they'd kind of just be back to where they began just with different players. Um, but I want to ask you, where do you think Ben Simmons could get traded to? There's just so many different rumors. Now, the good thing is, if you're trading for Ben Simmons, his trade value has gone down now. It's like about time it's gone down because after all this nonsense he's been putting everybody through, the Sixers most likely will take less now, not before, not like a week ago or something, but now is when... The Sixers know that they are in a lot of trouble with their team. They need a high seed because you're going to be going up against the Bucks, the Nets, the Heat. I mean, come on now. I mean, you, you can't win anything. You guys are – the Sixers are being taken as a joke right now, as they should, because Embiid's a flop clown, and then Tobias Harris is overpaid and overrated. So, I mean, they, they need offense, and they need it now. And where will Ben Simmons be traded? It won't be, it won't be the Nets, like you said. I'm thinking it could possibly be the Lakers just because of all the talk with the Lakers trading. Yeah, and... I'm pretty sure they've been interested in Russell Westbrook before. Um, they they really don't have a point guard. I mean, uh, Maxie's playing pretty good for them. But at the same time, Westbrook scores, while not efficiently scoring, he still scores and he's a point guard, uh, which they need. Like you said, they need offense. Um, but personally, for me, I think uh, – the Warriors could be in play for Ben Simmons. I know we shut everybody shut it down because Clay was coming back, but um, people forget they still have Wiseman and they have a lot of good bench players and like role players that they could possibly package in a deal along with picks. And I think they get Ben Simmons. That's an automatic championship. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure, because you don't need Wiseman. You can literally run Ben Simmons at the four or the five or something. He's he's strong enough to handle it most of the time against some of these players. And you give the Warriors the best perimeter shooting already, and then you add on to one of the best perimeter defenders. I mean, they will be unstoppable, but they won't have the best of futures because they – will be paying lots and lots of money. True, yeah. that The contracts, I really don't know. I haven't looked, but I'd imagine, I mean, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, uh, and then adding Ben, that's going to be a lot of money, and I don't, like you said, that's probably not good for their future. Um, but we mentioned Clay, and that's another news Clay Thompson is back in the NBA. Uh, he played the other night, and his first game dropped 17 points with three threes in 20 minutes. Uh, but he did shoot the ball 18 times in 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was typical of him. You don't play for two years. You come back. You're going to want to shoot the ball. As I watched the game, every single possession they had, he wanted the ball in his hands at least once. 
Yeah. And, I mean, seven for 18, it's not a good night. But people didn't even look at that because Clay finally came back, because he got 70 points, because they won. So, I mean, then, then the last two games, he goes 14 and then he gets 11. So the shooting isn't there yet. Most of these are layups or wide open shots right now. The shooting isn't there yet, as we'd expect. But the Warriors better hope that it's there for the playoffs. Because if you get ice cold clay, then all you have to do is lock down Curry. And then it's over. Yeah, and like you said, um, watching the game, he wanted that ball badly. Every single time he touched the ball, I think in the first quarter, he shot it. Um, Which, I mean, you'd expect it. He's been gone for two and a half years. um, Hasn't played real basketball since the finals in 2019. Um, I mean, he's got to shoot and we know he's one of the greatest three point shooters of all time. He's going to be rusty, but I fully expect him to kind of pick it up. Uh, he's shooting 38% right now. I could see him moving that number up to 40, 41% as he plays more games. Oh yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll get it right back. I mean, I don't know when, but he'll get it back for sure. Now, here's the thing, though. He is playing, but he's not playing smart. I mean, everybody gets excited over a crazy dunk, especially when you dunk over someone, you get past someone. But Clay made a crazy dunk against the Cavs. He jumped pretty high. He had a pretty bad landing. Something like that could send you out another year. Yeah, he's definitely got to be careful with that because – if you land bad on a dunk, there goes your leg, there goes your ankle. Uh, we saw Gordon Hayward snap his leg, so people just got to be careful about it. Yeah. Now, why don't we move on to my favorite topic today, Zion being a complete bust. I – do not – I'm going to argue with you. He's not a bust. Not yet. Not yet. Um, the reason uh, – I, I want to hear your reason why he is a bust right now. You – okay, so a couple of years ago, Pelicans get the first-round pick. They get the first pick in the draft. You look at what Zion did at Duke – and you get excited because you can change your franchise around because you had AD, you traded him, you got Ingram. Then you had Holiday, you traded him, you got some more stuff. So then you go out and you get Steven Adams to put a long Zion. Zion plays maybe 20 games. I don't even think even. I think it was 18 games. Now, now, I understand you get injuries. That's understandable. But when you take time off on top of those injuries like Zion has been doing this season, that's where you're just – I mean, you're just a bust as of now. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust forever, but right now he's a complete bust, and he is single-handedly taking down the Pelicans organization by the second. And if you think about it, it's pretty funny because it, Zion comes into the league, barely plays, hasn't played a full season, hasn't even played a half a season, and then he's already acting like he's been in this league for 10-plus years, acting like he's a vet, acting like he can do whatever he wants to do. Now, that's the thing that gets me mad. The Pelicans organization is pretty pathetic. They're they're kind of doing this to themselves, too. I mean, you're giving Zion a lot of room by himself to do whatever he wants. You're not taking control, and that's how Zion I, – I mean, that's going to be the reason why Zion doesn't stay with you. Yeah, and, I mean, you bring up a good point about the injuries, um, but I want to counter that because it's been stated that, I mean, he's had a couple injuries in his career already. He's been in the league two years, and he's been injury-plagued. Um, but it's been noted that the Pelicans, like, team doctors have not been really supportive of his injuries. They, they've sent him out early. Uh, he played in the bubble when they said he probably shouldn't have played in the bubble um, because he got hurt um, before the bubble. And then 
he they keep saying he's getting setbacks because um, something he got like a implant thing in his foot and it hurt his foot more than it helped his foot. So I don't really think that's his problem. I think that's more like just the doctor. Um, and then going back to he played 61 games last year, which I know isn't the full 82, um, but it's still 61 games. He averaged 27 and 7 on 61% shooting, uh, averaged the most points in the paint since Shaq in 2000. So that's like a 20-year record. Um, and he's seven inches shorter than Shaq, maybe, maybe even like eight inches shorter than Shaq. He's a force in the paint, but like you said, he's got to get healthy. But I don't think he's a bust just yet. Okay, yeah, I mean, 61 games, who cares? He still hasn't done anything. He still hasn't done anything to prove himself. He hasn't done anything to say that he's not a bust. And you can blame it on doctors. Like, I understand that there's bad doctors for some of these teams. Some of these players get thrown out there for no reason when they shouldn't be out there. But Zion's also doing this to himself. He doesn't say anything to the media. He stays quiet. So it's it's like, it's not like he's coming out saying like, hey, yeah, I'll be back this time or this time. It's always like Zion's injury is worse. He's out even longer. So, I mean, that's that's terrible. And here's the thing. He might be seven inches shorter than Shaq, but he's like seven inches wider than Shaq because Zion is <laughs> huge. I mean, that he's also not playing the smart because we haven't seen him play a full game where he's running back and down the court nonstop. And I'm not talking about just one game. He can't even do it a full season. And he's just getting bigger and bigger. That's the funny thing about it. He's getting farther and farther away from being someone that you can trust, getting down on both ends, playing pretty much a full game. Yeah, and I can see that. I mean, people people were, when he got drafted, were talking about his weight. And he looked like an athletic size in college coming in. And then I guess he showed up to training camp like 20 pounds heavier. And then like with his injury, he couldn't play. He couldn't work out. He couldn't even run for like two months, they said. So he gained even more weight. And then now he's just sitting out. And like I said, his foot had something go wrong. And I'm guessing he can't run, walk. So I'd imagine he's just getting big. I mean, but he's got to take accountability. He's got to go on a diet or something like I get that you can't run, but go on a diet and just get yourself healthy. And you mentioned uh, something about him not wanting to be there. So let's talk about that for just a quick second. Um, Cam Reddish got traded from the Hawks to the Knicks. And Cam Reddish, for those people who don't know, uh, was a part of that Duke team with R.J. Barrett and Zion. Uh, They all came out, all got drafted to different teams. But now Cam and RJ are in New York together, and Zion was reported to want to be drafted by the Knicks. Now, could he possibly be delaying all this so the Pelicans move on from him? Who knows? He is. He is. It's it's as simple as that. He Right now, with everything going on with him, he's most likely not going to be playing one game this year. Because like you said, He's not going on a diet or anything. He's not getting in better shape or anything because he doesn't need to. He can do that all in the offseason because he won't be playing this year. So he's going to most likely be going to the Knicks soon. And then that's when he'll start to get into better shape. That's when he'll start trying. That's when he'll actually want to be out there. So I've, I, I mean, I've never seen a pick go that bad for a team than Anthony Bennett. And it's it's tough for the Pelicans because they were so excited. They started getting stuff to build around him. They still were. I mean, they got Devontae Graham and um, uh, what's his name, Valanciunas, and then, bam, Zion's not in the game. So they they have weapons, but they're still a pathetic team. They're a pathetic organization. And then once Zion's gone, things will get even worse for them. Yeah, and I I get, like, he was drafted to a bad team, but they they really didn't help. Like, 
They fired their coach not once but twice. Um, traded away Drew Holiday. Traded away Lonzo. Uh, traded away Stephen Adams. Even. Um, I mean, they really just haven't been making the right moves. But uh, I wanted to bring. You said something about a draft pick going so wrong. Um, I just wanted to bring up a current player, current all-star, who uh, had a similar situation. Uh, Joel Embiid got drafted in 2014. He did not play his rookie season due to a foot injury. He did not play his second season due to a foot injury. His third season, he played 31 games, which is just seven more than Zion, his rookie year. And then after that third year, he started playing consistently. Uh, but still, Joel Embiid really hasn't had a game, a season, where he's gone over 65 games in his career, which is kind of like the similar thing we're seeing with Zion. All right. And you look, what has Embiid done? Nothing. They're, they get eliminated every year. Yeah, true. And you look at his skill. Sure, he's he's a solid, he's a good player. I'm gonna give that because he is. You have to be when you're that big and you flop that much <laughs> because that's his skill. He flops a lot, so a Zion can easily be another Embiid because they both have the same type of ego. They both think they can come into the league and then just act like they've been here for years and try to take control. So, I don't know. All I know is that Zion will end up on the Knicks with R.J. Barrett and Reddish, and the reunion will get back together. People will get hyped, but it's not going to go anywhere because, like you said, Embiid has never really played a full season, and Zion won't ever really play a full season. Yeah, and I mean, I personally, I like Zion, so I'm hoping he gets off the Pelicans, like you said. Horrible organization. Um, but, yeah, him on the Knicks would be pretty cool to see with his former college teammates. Um, but staying up with the Embiid uh, talks, uh, let's move to our MVP ladder um, for this season. And I'm going to start off with a little disclaimer. Uh, honorable mention for me, we're going to do our top five, but an honorable mention, two honorable mentions. You got Giannis. Giannis is always going to be in the MVP conversation. Um, I don't think he's done enough yet. I think it's possible he moves into my top five later in the season. Um, and then you have Joe, uh, Nikola Jokic on the other side. Uh, he's also struggling. Uh, he's putting up stats, but the Nuggets are just not getting there. And he's not putting up enough stats for me to put him in my top five. Uh, so you can start with your five first. Okay, yeah, I mean, number five, I'm going to go Stephen Curry. People can say all they want that he should be, like, number one or number two, but he's just not. He is – he's overrated. He's overrated. Some of these games, I mean, he's not getting the shots down. He's getting some down, and that's where people get hyped because they get hyped anytime he gets a shot, but he's not shooting as good as he needs to shoot. I mean, a couple games, like – he went 10 for 27 or 6 for 16, 10 for 21. I mean, 8 for 21. It's it's not MVP Curry right now. He won't win another MVP. He won't. He's not even number one in points right now. So that's why he's number five. I'm gonna, I would put him on the list only because I know he's got to be on everyone's list because if he's not, then people will – People will get mad. So, number four, I'm going to go Giannis. He's still insane. I mean, he, he he's shooting pretty much better than Curry. He has more points than Curry. He's still leading this team. I think now that they won a finals, I think Giannis is just going to keep going crazy. Like, now he knows the goal is to win every single year. And I think they have a huge chance this year looking at all the other problems from all the other teams. So that's why he's number four on my list. Number three is the complete GOAT of all time, LeBron James. And let me tell you why. LeBron is old, 
he's 37, and yet he's still, I, I think it's second in the league in points at 29.1, right behind KD. He's shooting amazing at the three-point, which is crazy because if you add LeBron's three-point percentage and Westbrook's three-point percentage, I mean, man, what a difference. Because Westbrook can't shoot the ball. And then here's LeBron shooting all these shots at 37. LeBron's getting seven and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. I I understand the team is awful. I get that. They're not getting wins. They are in complete trouble. But common sense says, look at it. Westbrook's a joke. Anthony Davis is complete injury prone. LeBron's number two guy right now is pretty much Malik Monk. And a year ago, most people would say, who the heck is Malik Monk? So you have to look at this. LeBron is doing all this by himself once again. But, I mean, he's doing all this at 37. He is old. He's playing some of these games. He's playing 40-plus minutes. And other games, other players aren't even getting 30 minutes. I mean, it's it's crazy. The only reason, the only reason I don't have him at number two is because I have KD there. The only reason I have KD there is because they're getting wins. The only reason they're getting wins is because their team has more chemistry. They're stacked. I mean, you have James Harden. Then you have Blake. I mean, you you have a solid team. You have a great team. KD's number one in the league with points. He's shooting great once again. Seven and a half rebounds, six assists. He only is in front of LeBron because their team is winning. So I wasn't going to go complete bias with LeBron, but that's the only reason he's in front. My number one, the one that deserves MVP, your honorable mention, Jokic. Let me tell you why. You also look at this. He is He's not in a as bad as a situation as LeBron, but he's in a bad situation like LeBron. You don't have Jamal Murray still. Who knows when he's going to be back? He hasn't said anything. Then Michael Porter Jr. goes out this year. He's he's pretty much done for the season, I'm pretty sure. Jokic is averaging 26 on 56% shooting, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. So, I, I mean, he's crazy talented. He's still the playmaker. He's pretty much playing every position right now for the Nuggets, and that's why he is the MVP. He won't win it. Because they won't give it him twice in a year or twice in a row. I'm surprised he even won it last year just because he's Jokic. I'm surprised some of these other players didn't win over Jokic just because he's Jokic. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point. He's in a bad situation like LeBron, but his situation is a little bit better than LeBron. He's got Aaron Gordon, who's still good. He's got Jeff Green, who is one of the best veterans in the league. Um, Will Barton at shooting guard is a pretty good shooting guard. Um, I mean, him and Monk would probably be close to the same level, maybe. Um, And then uh, Monte Morris is his point guard, which as long as he doesn't shoot as much as Russell Westbrook, um, he's better than Westbrook. So... I think he's like like I said, he's putting up stats, but the team is just not doing so good right now. Right, and Jokic is Jokic is twenty six, LeBron's thirty seven. So yeah, <laughs> um, so I'm doing my top five. Uh, my fifth is actually Demar Derozan. Uh, this is probably the first time he's ever been in like MVP talks, um, but he's averaging twenty six a game right now. Career high in three-point percentage at 35. Um, the Bulls are the number one seed in the East right now. Uh, they've they've been hot since the beginning of the season, and DeMar was a great pickup by the Bulls. I just wish the Lakers would have picked him up instead of Westbrook, but that's how it went. And at four, um, you had Curry at five. I have Curry at four. Um, they're second in the West. He's averaging 26.8. 38% from three. But like you said, his shooting has been horrible lately, not just from the field, but also three point. He's making one three a game, two three a game, three threes a game. 
when we're used to seeing six, seven, eight threes a game made from him, but he's missing like 10 threes a game. And I, like you said, that's just going to make him drop in the MVP race. Um, but coming in at three is somebody we didn't mention. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, but you didn't mention him in your list. Um, Joel Embiid, uh, fifth in points per game, and they're fifth in the East, and he currently has eight straight 30-point games, and I'm pretty sure he has six straight 31-point game. So, like, he scored 31 six straight times, which is kind of weird that he scored 31 exact six straight times. Um, but like you said, he's a big flopper. Uh, he really runs his mouth a lot. Fifth in the East, they kind of got to bump it up if he wants to try and make a run in this MVP race. Um, number two, easy, Kevin Durant, like you said. Uh, he's leading the league in scoring, 29.7 points per game. Uh, and he's Kevin Durant, still making the same jump shots, still playing amazing. And the Nets are second in the East. Um, I kind of expect them to take that one seed and go into the playoffs with the one seed. Um, who knows if he scores 30 a game and they're the one seed, I think you got to give it to him. Uh, and coming in at number one, little biased. Cause you know, we love LeBron, but the dude is 37 years old, second in point per game, shooting great from three. Like we talked about, he's the only one keeping the Lakers alive. They were on a lose streak. Then they're on a win streak. Then they lost game, won a game. They just keep going back and forth. And really, the only consistent person is LeBron. He has the most 30-point games in the league this season. Um, and I'm pretty sure the list of that is like LeBron, Embiid, and Trey Young. And Embiid and Trey Young are both, what, like 10 years, 12 years younger than him? Right. Um, so that's just an impressive stat by LeBron. Yeah, the list is actually LeBron – KD, Trey Young, Giannis, Embiid. Yeah, so, I mean, and- you you look at some of these, and three of them are in their prime right now. And then there's KD, who's the best shooter in the league right now. Yeah, and I was about to say Kevin Durant being up there is impressive too, because he's pretty old too. So I mean, the old guys are still on top of the league. Yeah, and I do want to say this about LeBron. You, so I understand people were mad with the coaching. And then they started realizing it's really Westbrook. I'm mad at Westbrook for sure, but I'm also not liking the coaching in L.A. Let me tell you why. Most of these games, the end of the game, in crunch time, when it's close, just like it was against the Kings, Westbrook's coming down with the ball, and then he's shooting the ball. And then they miss, and then the other team gets on a fast break and scores. So there's got to be... Frank Vogels has to step up. He has to man up, go up to Westbrook, say, I don't want the ball in your hands in crunch time. To be honest, I don't want the ball in your hands anytime because you're so bad with your shooting. So it's, I mean, I liked Westbrook, but it's awful right now. He has to realize that he's not using his common sense. He's not using his head. He's just chucking up shots. And these shots aren't even close. I mean, they're off, like, the side of the backboard. They're off the top of the backboard. Like, (laughs) these are bricks. Not even bricks. These are bricks off the glass, like, not even touching rim or anything. And you can say nothing but net because he's only hitting net. He's not even getting it in. It's going right (laughs) under the basket because he's airballing net. It's it's actually pathetic. And it's killing LeBron because you're playing LeBron 42, 43 minutes a game most of the time. He's 37. I understand he, he treats his body amazingly, but if he gets injured, it's over. That Lakers team is a lottery pick team. Yeah, and that actually brings us directly to our uh, weekly awards for the NBA. And we're, we're recording this on a Thursday, so we take, we're going to take stats from the previous week. Um, but right now we're just going to do Sunday through Wednesday which was yesterday. Um, But starting off, Offensive Player of the Week, my Offensive Player of the Week is the LeBron James. uh, Dropped 35 and 34 back-to-back games. He only shot four free throws versus the Grizzlies, and he went four for four. He's 37. I'm going to keep saying it. He's 37. 
Um, they went one and one, but as we keep talking about, really wasn't his fault. And we'll talk about whose fault it is uh, later on. Yeah, I mean, obviously LeBron's the real offense player of the week. But in my eyes, this last week, I'm going to give it to R.J. Barrett. He puts up 31 against the Kings, they win. Then he puts up 32 against the Mavs, then they win. Now, his problem being drafted in, in his first couple of years has really been his offense because you can, you can mostly rely on his defense. His shooting hasn't been amazing. So I'm hoping this is, this is where his shooting can improve because you look on that team and it's nothing but inconsistent. You go through every player. Fournier can get 20 a game and then get five the next. Kemba, I don't even know what the whole situation with him is, but he's inconsistent when he's playing, if he plays anymore for the Knicks. Julius Randles, he, he's he's the most consistent, yet still inconsistent. So, R.J. Barrett, for him to improve his offense and keep this up, hopefully, can really improve this team, get him a higher seed, make him have a better run in the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, really, like you, you said, his shooting wasn't too great, um, but... Obviously, the stats don't lie. Four threes, three threes, four threes in three straight games. He's uh, sh- he scored over 13 in eight of his last games. Um, he's finding himself on offense, and he's finding himself as a shooter, which is nice to see because he struggled with shooting the ball. Yeah, and I mean – you you look at the future, like we were talking about Zion going to the team. RJ drafted the same year. He's doing the complete opposite of Zion right now. He's actually improving. He's actually working his butt off. He's not sitting on his butt. He's standing up, and he's working his butt off and improving. So you look at that, and then if you end up having Zion come to the Knicks, that's that's going to take all the look away from RJ Barrett and then I don't know. I don't I don't see it working out the whole time. I could see some arguments going on. Yeah, and that's our offensive player of the week. Next up is defensive player of the week. And my defensive player of the week is back up for the Bulls, Troy Brown Jr. He had six steals in a game against the Detroit Pistons. Um he only scored seven points but had six steals, which is Kind of crazy stat line to have only one more point than you did steals. Um, And I'm saying it right now. The Bulls have a pretty good defense, like defensive team. Uh, They might be the best out there. Uh, They just got to fix on their bigs, really, the bigs defense, because they got DeMar, they got Lonzo, they got Caruso, they got Troy Brown Jr. Uh, Those are good defensive guards and good defensive forwards, but – They need more center power forward defense. Yeah, right. Because you have you have Vucevic, and he's he's not the most powerful down low. Because unlike the offense, he's he's shooting more than he's going down and dunking. So that's that's what's going to hurt them in the playoffs. I think. Yeah. My my defense player of the week, insane, insane, Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, you look at the Grizzlies, right away you're thinking John Morant. Understandable. He's he's amazing. He jumps higher than the sky. And you just look past Jackson. But you can't look past his defense because he gets three blocks against the Warriors. You think that's good? He gets six against the Lakers. On top of that, he gets five against the Clippers. Now, you can say those are just blocks, but they're not. Those are insane blocks. And on top of that, throughout those three games, he had a total of seven steals. Now, guess what their record was from those three games? 3-0. and 3-0 and it was. And you can thank his defense. You can thank a lot more things on that team, but you can thank his defense. Yeah, and I mean, Jaron Jackson... That is a showcase on defense. 
that is 14 blocks and seven steals in three games. Like people don't understand how impressive that is. I don't know why that's not being talked about because we found it out researching for this podcast. Why is that not being talked about? Three games, unbelievable defense. He needs to be talked about. Yeah, why don't we move on to Rookie of the Week. Now, my Rookie of the Week, soon to be Rookie of the Year, Evan Mobley. Oh, man, he is outstanding. I, I didn't expect this when he came to the Cavs. I didn't expect – I expected a lot because of all the talks he had going about him and everything, but I did not expect this. 17 points against the Kings. He played 42 minutes, 15 points in a win against the Jazz, along with seven assists in the win against the Jazz. I think that's his season high in assists right now. Help beat both the Kings and the Jazz. Now, here's the thing. You pretty much only have Mobley and Allen down low. You're only tall dudes down low. So, when Allen is out, when he's resting on the bench, Mobley's in, and he's taking control like he's been in the league for a while. Like he is a legit, crazy center power forward because he is. And he is, he's, he's a huge part of this Cavs team. I'm, I'm thinking if the Cavs took anyone else. In that draft, we'd be another lottery pick team. But you took Mobley. He, he's the most powerful. I'm pretty sure he's the tallest out of the main guys. And then he comes in and he starts doing this against all-star centers and all-star power forwards. So he's the rookie of the year. Yeah, I think not just us being Cavs fans, but he's easily like the most polished rookie of the class. Uh, recently, although he stepped up his scoring game, 22, 21, 16, 24, 18, and then 17 and 15, he stepped up his scoring from the beginning of the season. And um, I, I'm going to say something. He kind of reminds me of Kevin Durant in a way. I don't know if he shoots the three as well, um, but – just the way he moves, he looks like Kevin Durant. A tad bit slower with the ball when he dribbles, but just the movement, it looks like Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, they're both tall, so I definitely see that. <laughs> <laughs> my Rookie of the Week, although I love Evan Mobley, my Rookie of the Week is the TikTok god himself, Josh Giddy, who... <laughs> If you don't know Josh Giddy, look him up. Australian basketball player, came over from Australia, drafted by the Thunder. Everybody thought, why did they draft this kid? He's a white Australian basketball player who really didn't look good. Um, but this, in their time period that we're looking at, he averaged 14 and a half, six and a half, and eight. Um, and he had the youngest triple double ever. In NBA history, um, I think last week or two weeks ago. Um, so people might want to start paying attention to the Thunder because Josh Giddy is good and he's kind of being hid because the Thunder are so bad. Um, but he's definitely like a type of player who could get you a triple double a night, maybe. But he's also really good at making TikToks. Yeah, great at TikToks. I'm going to give him that. I think he's better than um, Chase Claypool and Juju, I believe. Ooh, I but, don't know. They're they're pretty tough. Yeah, it's it's a tough competition. <laughs> but Josh Giddy, I mean, they the Thunder have a bright future. I'm surprised they're not doing more than you'd think right now. Josh Giddy, SGA, and Lou Dort, you they all have different talents. They are all are talented, but for some reason things just aren't clicking. I understand. They don't have someone crazy dominant down low. They don't. And that's what's hurting them. But I think I, I would have thought things would be clicking a little more because of the talent from those three players. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a lot of youth, not a lot of really expectation. So I don't know. They're kind of just floating right now. 
Right. Let's look at my favorite award to give out. Disappointing player of the week. Now I'm thinking, hear me out. I'm thinking of making a change to this. I'm thinking we change the name from disappointing player of the week to Westbrook of the week. Ooh, ooh, I like that. You know what? I, I just came up with it. That's I think great. It's a pretty that good is idea. Amazing. Thank That's you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Because I mean, I, I mean, as we speak of Westbrook of the week, my Westbrook of the week is Westbrook. Now <laughs> coming. And oh my gosh, we ripped on him already. But I tell you, if there's one thing I enjoy, two things I enjoy on this podcast ripping on the Steelers and then ripping on Westbrook. <laughs> and we've already ripped on the Steelers a lot. And I've already been ripping on Westbrook just this podcast, but I'm just going to keep it going. Eight points, two for 14, 12 rebounds, six assists, lost to the Kings, 125, 116. You can get the rebounds. I understand that. You're going against the Kings. They're not the tallest. They're not going to get these rebounds. So the ball might just be. But you're running down the court. Crunch time, like I already talked about. About a minute to go, you're already down four, I believe. And then you hold the ball, take a couple seconds off the clock. Then you chuck up a three, completely brick it, give the ball away. You lose this game. To the Kings, 125 to 116. Now, it was 120 to 116 when Westbrook shot that three and completely bricked it. That gives the Kings the ball back with 50 seconds left, up four. So, like I said, you can blame it on the coaching. You can blame it on Westbrook. But realistically, Westbrook's so bad that you can't even blame it on him anymore because – there's got to be a point where he should not be playing as many minutes. He should not be having the ball this many times, not shooting this much. But for some reason, the coaching staff hasn't said a word about it. Yeah, um, like you said, uh, came down, fired that brick. Basically, it did end the game. He ended the game, and he's been doing that a lot. Um, like you said, uh, shooting off the top of the backboard, off the side of the backboard, not even hitting rim or net, just completely horrible shots. Um, and I'm going to dive a little deeper. Um, he shot four of 26 in two games this week, um, but it doesn't stop there. Uh, he shot O of six from three. Um, he needs to stop shooting or he needs to get better at shooting and lock himself in a gym. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention, um, do you know who's number one in minutes played in the NBA? Is it LeBron? Oh no, it's uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, oh, and wow. He leads by 40 minutes over Miles Bridges, who is young, Tyrese Halliburton, who is young. Sabonis, who is young, Randall is young, Tatum, Fox, Bridges, Hayward is the only vet, uh, Sadiq Bay rounds out the top 10. All young guys, and Westbrook is leading the league in minutes played. There's, you can't be playing him this many minutes. He's old. He needs to rest too. Yeah, I mean, see, that's, that's where the coaching staff kills you because – you're playing him minutes that he shouldn't be playing. You're playing LeBron almost just as many minutes, and they're the two oldest on the team, I believe. So I understand AD goes down with injury, so you have to fill some minutes, but it's not like you only have three people on the team. I mean, you got you got to be smarter with this. And you know what? Who Who would you rather have shoot a free throw for your life, Westbrook or Simmons? Ooh, that's tough. It um, is. I mean, you're going down either way. It's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just accept that you're going to die. Um, tell your loved ones you love them. And, yeah, uh, they're not making that free throw. <laughs> yeah. And I do have one more question. With the aliens pointing the death ray at planet Earth, everyone's life's on the line. Who do you want making a three to save everyone? Westbrook 
or Iguodala? Give me Iguodala. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Like, oh my gosh, it's pathetic. It is pathetic, and it's crazy how Westbrook went from, you know, MVP what back to back MVP or whatever he did, um, triple double god, triple double leader, um, but it just doesn't seem like the right fit for this Lakers team. And I don't know if they're going to trade him or just stop playing him as much minutes, lock him in a gym, force him to make a thousand threes. I don't know, but they better fix it. Yeah, you're in a bad situation because right now his trade value, I don't think it can get any lower at this point. So play him less minutes so that he can do a little bit better. Get that trade value up just a little bit. That's all you need, just a little bit, because some teams are actually dumb enough to trade for him and give you talent in return. So they don't trade for him. It, it It's going to be most likely another first-round exit, even if they make it to the playoffs, which sucks because that puts another hit on LeBron's legacy because people will say it's because it's LeBron. And that wraps up the awards for this week. Um, but I have one last thing, one last player I'd like to highlight. Um, shout out Kyle Kuzma because he played horrible last year for the Lakers. Um, and then I'm just going to read off 25 points, 29 points, 36 points, 24 points, 27 points, 29 points. He's finally scoring, finally shooting. Why didn't he do this last year? Who knows? Um, but shout out Kyle Kuzma. Keep it up. Uh, keep scoring. Uh, keep making me cry at night because you sucked last year with the Lakers. Um, that's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, Kuzma is a joke. <laughs> I mean, his hairline's a joke. So <laughs> you say what you want, but, oh, man, he's embarrassing. <laughs> that's going to wrap it up completely. We will make fun of Westbrook for you next time on Numbers News and Nonsense.